0: Your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes, follow the show's Twitter at LO. Penguins, And, of course, thank you all so much for making the Lockdown Penguins podcast your first to listen of the day. We have so much to get into. We are just a day away from your Pittsburgh Penguins being back in action for their regular season debut against the two-time defending cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, got to talk about you know, the Lions combinations today. Sidney Crosby news, Jake Gensel news, Zach aston reese news. Ryan Boyle, but we're gonna go back a little bit, uh, just you know, just go back in time a couple days to the last preseason game, which was against the Columbus Blue Jackets, a four-three, little thrilling overtime winner against the little brothers uh, in Columbus that are just a few hours away from Pittsburgh. Um, my priority during that night, I will say, was watching the Virginia Tech Notre Dame game. Um, for anyone that knows me that has listened to this podcast for a while. Um, Uh, That is where I went to school. I have been a Hokie fan since I was about five or six years old. So that obviously held um, more priority than this Penguins preseason game. You know, I was still keeping up with it. I saw the live tweets from a lot of the media members and the Penguins Twitter account. As for the goals that were scored, um, great wrist shot from Chad Ruedel to be uh, Elvis Merziklin. Just, you know, came down the left uh, far circle, just wrist it right in. I don't think Elvis had any shot there. So uh, I honestly think that's when Chad won the number six spot. If you saw the uh, line combinations and the defensive pairings, I mean, it looks like he will get the first crack at being the number six defense. But Mark Friedman uh, got himself kicked out of that preseason game for spearing one of the Blue Jackets players. I really don't understand what the heck Mark Friedman was doing there. It was just a really stupid play, and I think he got fined almost $2,000 for it. So um, that's plays we can't have in the game of hockey. Um, I don't care if someone on the Penguins did it. You know, I don't care if someone Someone on the Capitals did it, you know. I don't care if someone on um, the Seattle Kraken do it, you know. You don't, you can't spear someone for the sake of spearing them and think you're not going to get away from it. You know, that's probably right there why he lost the number six job to Ruedel. But this is still, I think, going to be a fierce competition uh, throughout the season. But it's good that they are giving Ruedel a fair shot at it. I think he has the better underlying numbers, even if you don't look at the numbers though. Um, I test wise, he's better in the defensive zone than Friedman, and you know with a shot like that in that preseason game, uh, that will go a long way with having him stay in the lineup on an every night basis on Pittsburgh. You know, down three to one um, in the third period, you know, but that's when they started to play. You know, with about ten minutes left, Brian Russ uh, has like a a, like a little mini breakaway. Well, I really wouldn't call it a breakaway. It was just a nice. Interception of the puck comes down, goes backhand, forehand, five hole on Elvis makes it 3 to 2. Uh Rust is going to score a lot of goals this season. I know I haven't probably highlighted him a lot on the podcast lately, but you know, we all know how good this player is. He's going to be good for about 25 to 30 goals. The big question though, what is going to happen with him? After this season, I don't think he's going to be traded by the deadline unless the team is so far out of a playoff spot that, you know, there's really no hope. Um, I, I don't see that happening, but, you know, stranger things have happened. But this is going to be a player, if he continues to play like that, um, he's going to be asking for well over $5.5 and, and I'm not sure that's a price the Penguins are going to want to pay. Um, I think $6 million for him might be a bit too rich, especially, you know, with Evgeny Malkin have to be re signed. Crystal Tang, Kasper Kapanen's contract is up. I believe Jeff Carter's contract is up. There's gonna be a lot of tough decisions after the season, but you know, we're gonna table that discussion for another time. Just a really nice goal, I thought, there from Rust. And it just honestly looked like it was mid season form. Uh, Teddy Bluger was able to tie the game on a long-range goal. It looked like it deflected at first, but you know, I, I guess Elvis didn't see it with all these bodies in front of him. Um, that, that's probably a goal that is not scored 9 out of 10 times, but you obviously take it in the one time you go in. Uh, Blue Jackets were called for too many men on the ice penalty 34 seconds into overtime. And then Jason Zucker was able to score the winner. I uh, just really like the puck movement here. Chris Tang just... Basically, shoots it to the net. Jeff Carter goes between his legs with a pass. And then Zucker is able to fire it glove side, pass Ellis. And the Penguins go home with that victory in the preseason finale. Um, I I liked what I saw there from Zucker. You know, he's being more proactive and is actually wanting to shoot the puck more. And I know I went into Jesse Marshall's mentions and I said, you know, he's going to score 25 this season. And I know some people probably laughed at me, but you know what? Whatever, that's one of my bold predictions for this season. I think you will see a completely different Jason Zucker, especially if he does continue to make plays like that. All in all, probably not the best effort for the first 50 minutes, but, you know, the Penguins were able to turn it on towards the late stages and come out with that 4-3 victory against Columbus. It definitely is weird, again, to be playing the Blue Jackets just because Pittsburgh did not play them at all last season. But, you know, with things getting more normal, I think the weirdness will go away Uh, pretty quickly, that's for sure. Overall, though, my final thoughts on training camp and the preseason before we get to our next segment where we talk about the line combinations and everything uh, going into tomorrow night's game against Tampa Bay. Um, The players that I think really stood out to me, again, Drew O'Connor really was awesome. I mean, I will eat all the crow on him if he continues to kill it in the regular season. Obviously, that is a different beast than the preseason and training camp, but um, what he scored... Two to three, almost four goals in the preseason was forechecking with a purpose. I don't think I've ever seen him forecheck like that for as long as I've watched him. And yes, I understand it's only been a year. But uh, that is one of the biggest differences that I noticed in his game. Uh, this training camp in preseason compared to the regular season was that um, he actually looked like he was forward-checking a lot more and not just skating around hoping that the puck was going to come to his stick. Because last season he kind of looked like he belonged in the ECHL, not even the AHL, you know, a step below that. His skating obviously has improved as well. I think he deserves a crack at being an every-night player, and I think you will see him on the official 23-man roster when that gets announced in the next couple of hours. Again, Dominic Simone really impressed me as well. I know some people in the fan base are not fans of Dominic Simone just because he doesn't score. He always has the worst shooting luck, hits a lot of posts, but there is a reason why this is the second consecutive management staff has liked him because there are other people in the organization who give their opinions on a player like Simone and then they can go watch him and be like, oh, okay, you were right. And then obviously Mike Sullivan is a huge fan of him as well. And we saw that on display in the preseason as he was, you know, his playmaking ability was back to where it normally is with Pittsburgh. He was even scoring, which, you know, if he continues that in the regular season, I don't think anyone will be able to nitpick a part about Simone's game, that's for sure. He can play up and down the lineup. He's very versatile. Sid loves playing with him as well. He will be on the opening night roster, and I'd be stunned if he didn't play against Tampa Bay as well. Outside of those two, I mean, training camp was what I thought it would be. I'm a little surprised that Redeem Zahorna is being sent down to wilkes I'm going to get to that a little bit more coming up in the next segment. But those were really the two players that I thought stood out to me a lot, and I really... Uh, excited to see them in the lineup on an every game basis, just so that they continue, they can continue. Excuse me, to prove a lot of people wrong, you know, including myself, especially with Drew O'Connor, as I just said. As for the goaltending from that last preseason game, Tristan Jari, I mean, again, I- I'm not gonna really make too many judgments, hot takes about him, just because it is the preseason. Though, if he does struggle. Out of the gate, you know, I I will call it how it is. That's all. That's how I've always been with this team for as long as I've been doing this podcast or that I've been writing about them as I try to be as objective as I can. And I think before that, I'm not really going to touch on the preseason game against the Detroit Red Wings where the Penguins loss. I do know that that's when Dominic Simone scored his last preseason goal, and it was a pretty sweet one as well. So go back and watch that if you haven't already. But training camp and the preseason are over. The first... Regular season practice was today. We're going to get to all of that information coming up in the next segment. But first, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching your sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friend's logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It is called direct TV stream and it brings your live TV and on demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite shows, movies and sports all in one place that means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodies. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at L-O underscore Penguins. So as I teased, going into the second segment of today's episode, Penguins had their first regular season practice day. Almost everyone was there except Radim Zahorna, who I touched on a few minutes ago, that he was sent down to Wilkes-Barre as one of the final cuts. We still do not know uh, a couple of the other cuts, but those will be made um, official In the next couple of hours. Sidney Crosby, Jake Gensel, and Zach aston Reese were all full participants in this practice. But they will not play Tuesday in Tampa Bay per Mike Sullivan. Um, Sid is probably not going to play uh, in Sunrise against the Panthers either. If I had to uh, speculate or guess when we all will see Sidney Crosby's debut. It will probably be this weekend for the home opener against the Chicago Blackhawks. Pittsburgh plays them. Um... Saturday, October 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, That will be actually a game that I will unfortunately have to miss because I will be with my girlfriend at Hollow Scream in Richmond because she is a huge Halloween nerd. Anyways, that's a topic for... Another day on this podcast, but they all practiced today. They did not take line rushes, but it's great to see Gensel and Aston Reese basically out of COVID protocol. I think they're just not playing on Tuesday because they just want to get them more up to speed, get their conditioning back, have them in for another practice, and then maybe they'll be full go for uh, Thursday's game against the Panthers in Sunrise. There's your update on that, and it's also great news that there's likely not going to be a COVID outbreak with the Penguins. I like how Mike Sullivan was mandating that. That, you know, the team needs to have everyday testing, you know, wearing masks more often. I really liked that leadership that we saw there um, from Sully. Now, as for the Penguins lines that you will probably see for tomorrow, Danton Heinen with Jeff Carter and Brian Rust on the top line, Jason Zulker with Evan Rodriguez and Kasperi Kapan on the second line, Brock McGinn with Teddy Blueger and Dominic Simone on the third line. So, yes, Simone Will be in the lineup on Tuesday against Tampa Bay Bering, um, Some sort of setback. And then Drew O'Connor with Brian Boyle and Sam Lafferty. In case anyone did not see, Brian Boyle uh, is going to be signing a one-year deal worth 750 I'm going to get to that just after these lines. Uh, d- for the defense, Dumoulin and Matang, no surprise there. Mathis and Marino, they're going to give that a go. I mean, you know, you, you have time to figure out which pairings um, work best. Obviously, I have talked about it at length on this show. I'm going to touch on it as well with Jesse Marshall when I have him on for Tuesday's episode uh, about the numbers from last season with Matheson-Marino and um, if those can be corrected this season, maybe they can figure out what was going on wrong and try to rectify that so that this pairing um, is a lot better because I think it can work. It just it has to be carefully put out there is the word choice. And then Pedersen with Ruedel. So Ruedel has won that number six job. It looks like Mark Freeman will start the season as the number seven defenseman. Now, getting to the Brian Boyle stuff, um, Rob Rossi reported it this morning. Then it was Frank Saravelli that confirmed it. One year, 750K. He will be accompanying the Penguins on their flight to Tampa Bay. Um, And, you know, I am happy for him. He did not play last season, played for Team USA at the World Championships, worked his way back to the NHL on a PTO. Uh, I'm not going to take away anything that he's been through just because it is such a great story. But I really feel like this contract is going to be a waste by the time the weekend comes around because both, actually I shouldn't say both, all three of Aston Reese, Gensel, and Crosby will likely be back by then. And then at that point, who is coming out of the lineup? So of the lines that I just touched on, Sam Lafferty is definitely coming out for one of them. I think um, Evan Rodriguez will probably come out as well. But who's the other one? I mean, it has to be Brian Boyle, right? You're not going to take Danton Heinen out. You're not going to take Brian Rust out. You're not taking Jason Zoker, Kasperi Kapanen, Teddy Bluger, Brock McGinn out. You're not going to take Drew O'Connor or Dominic Simone out, especially with how they played in the preseason. It has to be Rodriguez, Boyle, and Lafferty. And then it gets even tougher because when Evgeny Malkin comes back, um, which one of Simone or O'Connor is going to stay in the lineup? I mean, that, that's obviously you know that's a problem that's two to three months away, so we don't even have to worry about that right now. But I think those are the three players that will probably come out um, when Sid, Jake, and Zach come back um, as early as this weekend. And then you're just having Boyle sit in the press box, making 750000 for the full season, and then inserting him into the lineup when another uh, huge stretch of injuries inevitably hits this team just because you know the Penguins are always one of the most injured teams throughout the regular season. But having him in the press box when the team gets healthy is not the worst idea. I'd rather have him in there than someone like redeems Zahorna, because that would make absolutely no sense to have him in there, right? I mean, he's a young player. He needs to be getting reps and continuing to become an everyday NHL player. Why would you waste a roster spot on him if he's just going to be in the press box on an every night basis? And, you know, his contract is also a two-way contract, so that allows him to be sent to Wilkesbury without having to go through waivers and that's exactly what happened today as the Penguins have reassigned him so I really don't think it's anything worth getting jammed about uh, with regards to the Boyle contract that is but I do think in about a week's time maybe a week and a half um, it's definitely going to look a little bit like a waste just because he's hardly going to be playing um, I guess as a fourth line center until Again Malkin comes back it's probably not the worst idea in the role but I also don't think he brings a lot to this team when I was watching him in the preseason Season and seeing highlights throughout training camp. He always just looked way too slow, was kind of skating in mud, didn't have a lot of playmaking ability, uh, didn't score either and just defensively. Um, he's not near the player he once was. But again, you know, he's just mainly going to be, I think, a 13th forward throughout the season. And that's fine with me. I mean, if he can just be better than freaking Mark Jankowski, I think it's a win in my book. Now, I did see Sam Lafferty. It looks like he's going to be in the lineup on Tuesday. Um, I would rather have redeem Zahorna in there over Lafferty just because, you know, Holidaysburg Sam does not really bring too much to the lineup. And the reason why I call him Holidaysburg Sam is because he's from Holidaysburg, Pennsylvania. So there's a fun fact for you all on this Monday afternoon. He just, he's always been that training camp hero, but he wasn't even good in this camp and he's still going to be getting um, a spot, it looks like, uh, for Tuesday's game against the Lightning. So that one really doesn't make sense to me. But I assume, you know, once the three players who are about to come back make their debut, he will be out of the lineup and either sent to wilkes or just, you know, on the team as a 14th forward or something like that. And yes, of course, Tristan Jari will be starting in net against the Lightning. That has not been officially confirmed yet, but I would be flat out stunned if Sullivan did not start him in that game. And this is going to be a challenge for the Penguins to win. Um, I don't think Tampa's going to blow this team out, but I kind of see this as a 3-1 to lightning win, you know, maybe two nothing. I think the penguins are going to play some sound defensive hockey. That's usually their MO when they're short a lot of their best players. And you know, they try to basically bore the game down as much as they can. You know, not to the degree that the Islanders or the, you know, the Devils used to do it, but they're going to try to play as passive as possible and then when the opportunity presents itself, then they're going to strike. You know, that's usually how they do it. When they're dealing with a lot of injuries, you know, in this case, it's their two best players. So I think it could be a little bit of a trap game for the Lightning just because I think they could be annoyed playing against, you know, the Penguin system and the forecheck, especially if Pittsburgh is forechecking really well. So... Again, I'm not expecting the Penguins to win this game or honestly against the Panthers, but um, it it would not surprise me at all if they did just because that's their M.O. under Mike Sullivan. When the chances are all but slim to none for the Penguins, that's usually when they play their best hockey even without some of their High end talent. So we will see. I can't wait to watch that one. It will be on ESPN with Sean McDonough calling the game with Ray Ferraro and Emily Kaplan inside the glass. Coming up in my next segment, I'm going to give you my full NHL season predictions. I've been thinking on these for a while. I have all my playoff teams ready to go, and you will hear where I have them in each division coming up in this next segment. Before we do that, though, we always have to talk about everyone's favorite protein bar and yes that is built bar there's so many delicious flavors Uh, if you don't know the flavors there's coconut Raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, cookies and cream, which is my personal favorite. You can get a mixed box if you haven't tried all the flavors and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Most of the flavors have 17 to 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories range, only four to five grams of sugar and only four to five grams of net carbs. And oh yeah, they're also all healthy as well. You can go to built.com and use promo code locked15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Murdo, follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. So here we go. My NHL season predictions for you all. Who gets into the playoffs? Let's start with the Metropolitan Division. Uh, at number one, I have the New York Islanders. I think this is the year they win the Metro. I know they've struggled with division play and just, you know, being a team that's always a three or four seed, but with how talented they are and how well coached they are, they will win the Metro this season. Um, at number two, I'm, I'm going to say I, I have your Pittsburgh Penguins at number two. Um, I really think that. They're going to blow away a lot of people's expectations of them, and especially when Evgeny Malkin comes back, this team is going to be a tough out once the playoffs arrives, and I think they will get at least average goaltending to finish top two in the Metro. Number three, I have Carolina. Uh, This is a very stacked team. I mean, you know, you got Svechnikov, Aho, Tara Vinan, Slavin, Niederreiter, Jordan Saul, Martin Nekas, Or Neches, excuse me. And obviously, you have Rod Rindemore, who's a fantastic coach. Their biggest question, I think, at least to me, is their goaltending. You know, what's going to happen with Freddie Anderson down there? I think he's kind of washed at this point. He's he's battled so many injuries these last couple of years. They're definitely taking a big gamble with that one. And they also, you know, the same can be said with Ante Ronta. They signed him as well to kind of, you know, be a 1A, 1B stopgap with Freddie. Um, Ronta's also battled some injury. Problems, but he just hasn't been as good as he used to, as well. So. That's my big question mark with them, but I still think their forward depth and their defense will carry them into the playoffs. Number four, I do have the Washington Capitals. Um, as long as Ovechkin and Baxter are there, I'm not going to bet against them to get into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to do too much damage just because there are better teams um, in the East than them, but they will still get in. You know, as long as they have the greatest goal scorer to ever live and one of the best passers in the league, they will get in the playoffs. John Carlson's awesome. TJ Oshie is still playing really well Anthony Mantha, I think is going to be awesome for them too so those are the four teams I have from the Metro getting into the playoffs I do have the Rangers and the Flyers missing though it's going to be close for the Atlantic Tampa Bay at number one that should not be a surprise they are uh, probably the deepest team in the conference and arguably the best team in um, in the league as they go for a 3 P Number two, I do have the Florida Panthers. They, they just signed Sasha Barkov to an eight-year contract. He has really developed into one of the premier players in this sport. Jonathan Huberto, he doesn't get his credit either. One of the most underrated players in the league. He's coming off a ridiculous... Season from last year had 61 points in 55 games, which is what almost an 85 to 90 point pace. Um, the season before that in 2020 had 78 points in 69 games. The season before that in a full 82 game season, 92 points in 82 games. He does not get the recognition that he deserves. He is a freaking freak. Patrick Hornquist is still there. Owen Tippett is going to be awesome. And Ekbog, Mackenzie Weeger. Their question mark is in goal, but if Spencer Knight can be as good as a lot of people are expecting him to, uh, this is going to be a really scary team, not just for this year, but for many years to come. I have them at number two. I have Toronto at three in the Atlantic, and then Boston at four. We'll st- we'll start with Toronto though. Um their forward depth is good. You no, know, they this is they gotta start winning though. That's the biggest thing. They they they're a meme for a reason until they actually win a freaking playoff round. Let's see if they can do that this year. And then, you know, their goaltending situation is is interesting too. You know, they have Jack Campbell and they have Peter Morozic up there. So, what's going to happen with that? Who's going to get the bulk of the starts they need? One of those goaltenders to be the guy, but I do think Toronto gets in. I mean, Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, um they're they're all incredible and you know, don't lose sight of the fact that Jason Spezza is still continuing to kick ass when he's basically 40 years old. Boston number 4. I think this team is very vulnerable. Um, Especially without Tuka ras for most of this season, but, you know, Marshawn Bergeron Pasternak, a full season of Taylor Hall. Uh, Charlie Coyle stepping in for David Krejcik should be, I I guess, a little fun, but also a bit scary just because Krejcik is so good. Jake DeBrus needs to bounce back. Charlie McAvoy is one of the best defensemen in the league, but... You know, they have Linus Allmark and Jeremy Swayman there. Take on the heavy burden. as I, Obviously, as I just said, Tuga Rast is going to be out for most of the season. But I think Boston is too good to miss the playoffs. I think everyone else, though, in the East misses. Going on to the West, uh, number one in the Pacific, uh, Vegas. I mean, they're stacked. Even with Robin Leonard and without Marc-Andre Fleury, this is the best team in the Pacific Division. Mark Stone, I will always say, um, is a bona fide top 10 player in this league. They have two number one de- defense. And Alex Petrangelo and Shea Theodore Max Pacioretty is awesome Alex Tuck is turning into a great player they still have that really good second line of Jonathan Marchessault Riley Smith and William Carlson so uh, they're going to be a tough out for whoever they play number two I have the Oilers this division is such a joke so the fact that Edmonton is number two here just says it all I think but you know as long as they have two of the five best players in hockey, they will be getting into the playoffs unless uh, one or both of them get hurt. McDavid is the best player in the world and had a ridiculous 150-point pace over an 82-game season last year. He, he'll, he'll try to continue that this season. I already touched on Dreisaitl. They have Nugent Hopkins, Yamoto, Jesse Poole-Yarvi. I mean, their defense is bad. I mean, let's just say that. I mean, Duncan Keith and Cody CC on a pairing is – Recipe for disaster: Darnell Nurse and Tyson Berry on another as your top pair. Definitely not the greatest. I would say that, but you know, Mike Smith had a renaissance season last year. If I've ever seen one, I think he was around 9.25. You know, their forward depth is a bit better. You know, they have Kyle Turris, they have Warren Fogle now. I'm pretty sure um, Derek Ryan, I think, is there too. So I think it's a better team. But you know, how far will they go? Is the big question. But now this these will be a couple bull predictions, I guess. I have Los Angeles and Vancouver getting in with number three and number four. And then I have Calgary and the rest of those teams missing. I am really high on Los Angeles this season, especially after they got Phillip to know. I know Quentin Byfield is going to be out for the first eight weeks. But this team, it's a lot better on paper than some people are giving him credit for. You know, Kopitar still drives play at an elite level. Dustin Brown is still not bad. Ayafalo is good. I just touched on Deneau. They got Victor Arvidson from Nashville. If his shooting percentage comes back to where it normally is, uh, he's going to be good. I know Drew Doughty is not the best defenseman in the league anymore, but if he, continued, if he can continue to be at least serviceable for them, um, that'll go a long way. And then Cal Peterson in goal. This has the makings of a sneaky good team this season, and I think they will sneak in to the playoffs. And then Vancouver, I love their high-end talent with Elias Peterson, JT Miller, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser, Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, and Nett. They have the core to get in. It's just a matter of can their depth outside of those guys step up and help them get into the playoffs. They have Connor Garland there as well. So I'm thinking Vancouver definitely takes a big step this season. On to the Central before we end this episode of Locked on Penguins. I have Colorado winning it. That shouldn't have come as no surprise. I think they are the best team in hockey. And as of right now, they are my Stanley Cup pick over the... Tampa Bay Lightning, I mean, I think Tampa will get back to the final just because they're that good, but I think Colorado will take it from them and stop their efforts of a three-peat. Number two, Minnesota, I love Kirill Kaprizov. Matt Zuccarello is still there. Joel Eriksson, I think, is another player that not many people seem to talk about. He's a bona fide Selkie trophy contender, and his offense also came out in a big way last season as well. Their defense, they're always stingy, Jared Spurgeon, Matt Dumba, just to name a couple back there. And if Cam Talbot can play as good as he did last season for Minnesota, um, they'll be that much more of a threat to give Colorado a good fight. Um, th- the rest of this division is going to be interesting. I have St. Louis at number three, even though I'm not too comfortable with that. I think they're good enough to get in the playoffs, but I don't think they can win around. round, um, at least in my opinion. Number four, I went back and forth on this. <laughs> But I think I am going to go with the Dallas Stars to get in over the Chicago Blackhawks and the um National Predators or the Winnipeg Jets. I just think the Stars, they battled so much adversity last season, you know, with COVID, so many injuries, but they're basically fully healthy now outside of, you know, Ben Bishop. You know, their goaltending situation is a bit murky. But you know, Jamie Benn, Alex Radulov, Tyler Sagan, Miro Haskinen, um, John Klingberg, Anton Dobin if he is a lot better this year than he was last year. Esselindale Dale is always underrated. But they also have Yoel Kiviranta, Dennis Uriana, Rupa Hintz, who really came into his own this past year. They signed Ryan Suter in the offseason to uh, bolster the defense even more. Joe Pavelski really turned back to last season. There is a lot to like with this team. And I do think they will get in. So there are all of my playoff teams for this year, let me know what you all think. You can tell me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes or for all the shows, Twitter at L O underscore penguins, or you can just leave a review or you know something like that. But thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We are just again one more day from regular season Pittsburgh Penguins hockey. I can't wait to bring you um the best coverage out of any penguins podcast that's out there. And don't forget, we will have Jesse Marshall on. Uh, for Tuesday to preview the full penguin season and a whole lot more. So look for that coming tomorrow. And as for the rest of the week, I'll have a recap episode on Wednesday looking at how the Penguins did. And then Thursday, I will have a... Recap episode after the game against the Panthers. And then Friday, we will preview the Penguins' home opener against the Chicago Blackhawks. Wanted to give you all a little bit of a schedule for when you can expect the Locked On Penguins episodes to hit for the rest of the week. The Jesse Marshall preview episode uh, will be up tomorrow. I'll be actually recording that on Monday evening, so in a few hours here. But thank you all so much for listening to this one, and we will be back with another episode tomorrow.